Okay, I'm back. It's still uh, Wednesday, the 16th of August, 2023. And I'm back now for Veronica, the hoodie queen. Now, um, okay, so Billy and Veronica, they made a couple of submissions earlier in the day. And I responded to Bill the last time I was here. But I had to hop off because I had um, some other engagements. And so I'm now back to uh, make some comments on uh, submissions from Veronica, our hoodie queen. So she says she's aware of um, 80% of the options that I shared in the last post about um, other ideas about how she can drum up uh, business. And um, yeah, that's nice to know that she's aware of 80% of them, but it kind of goes to what I was saying in that audio anyway, that when it comes to new business ideas, there's stuff we already know, there's stuff that we can figure out. And that's why I think uh, we should be worried about what we can um, optimize and squeeze the life out of what already is working right now before we start exploring uh, new options. So she says she's been involved in a couple of them, but that politics has spoiled everything and that procurement is no longer um, ideal like it used to be uh, back in the day. Well, she says that now procurement is about man, no man. And um, actually... Uh, insider politicking and this whole thing of man oh man um, okay um, uh, let me see okay I was trying to think of how to explain man no man because even though I'm making this for Veronica the hoodie queen I also want to share um, this on the podcast because I think our global audience we have listeners in America in the UK um in germany i find that one surprising because i just assume that in germany you guys speak uh, german like you're not really an english speaking country so i thought so i thought that some of the insights here would um might be interesting or relevant to people in other countries so man no man that's this idea of um insider connects or um, behind the scenes you know someone who knows someone who can help you to um facilitate um things now, in the Nigerian express, um, experience, when they say man, no man, sometimes it is uh, background information, insider politicking, insider relationships. Sometimes it's above board. Sometimes it's not. So the term is broad enough to encompass normal um, backdoor relationships where I know someone behind the scenes. But then it also includes situations where I know someone behind the scenes and so I may have paid or bribed or negatively influenced some things behind the scenes so um man oh man insider politicking whatever it is that we um, call it uh backdoor influencing is precisely the kinds of problems that we run up um, against in business that sales skills can solve the reason why sales skills and business development uh, business development skills can solve this is because when we are trying to make a sale, especially when we're trying to sell into an organization or into a complex situation where there are lots of moving parts involved, you're not just talking to one person, you have to talk to multiple people to try and get things um, to try and get things done. Like in the example that I gave a long time ago where I was suggesting um, how uh, Veronica, the hoodie queen, could sell um, her stuff to um, corporate organizations. Now, when you're trying to get into the corporate organization, you can't, there are lots of people that you're going to be engaged um, with in the process. Well, first of all, there's going to be the security guards because you have to get into the building um, in the first place. Um, let's see what else. Uh, the customer care people, the front desk people that you meet, eventually you're also going to uh, relate to whoever is the, um, 
Okay, let me see. Okay, if you are selling the Ankara hoodies as things that they can give to their customers, then maybe you might be talking to the branch manager or the facilities manager, and then I'm sure there's also a procurement person. But you get the point that there are lots of people that you're going to have to meet, build relationships with, uh, um, schmooze with, um, you know, to try and get the deal done. It's not just going to be a matter of talking to only one person alone to get the thing done. So, for those of us in sales and business development, these are questions that we are constantly asking ourselves. Who is the important individual that I need to know in this building, um, in this organization, to get things done? Uh, sometimes it's not just one individual. It might be two or three. Uh, we also have to figure out who are the gatekeepers because there are some people who control access to these individuals. So you want to talk to the facilities manager. Um, you have to get to the facilities manager's um, secretary or get through the uh, their PA. Um, then we're also worried about how do you build relationships um, with these people, uh, the front desk officer, the customer service people, the PA of the community manager, the um, PA of the... Um, the PA of the Ogao of the branch, you know, the head honcho of the branch or uh, whatever. These are questions that we have to ask ourselves in regular sales um, situations. And so these kind of skills come in handy when we're trying to deal with situations where it looks like there's some insider politicking, some backdoor uh, influencing going on. Those are the questions that we have to, um, to try and figure out. So we're in these situations and you're trying to do business above board and it looks like, okay, some people might have an insider here. So yeah, you have to try and figure out what's going on. Um, is everything above board? Is there a way that I can um, inject my own influence into the mix? You know, these sorts of things. So sales skills um, absolutely help with these sorts of things. So uh, Veronica, Hoodie Queen, do not be discouraged. I'm not sure if you're subscribed to the podcast since when we first um, got in touch was through the Smidan event. So subscribe to the podcast. These are the sorts of things that we discuss all the time. I'm sure eventually you're going to find tips and tricks and frameworks that will come in handy where it looks like you're trying to get a deal done. And it looks like there are some insider people going on. There's some man-no-man, there's some politicking, there's some uh, lobbying, lobbying in quotes, as we call it in Nigeria, and um, all that stuff going on. So, uh, yes, in sales, we have to try and solve these problems um, every day. And I remember that uh, sales, or okay, well, I haven't said it on the group, but I've said it lots of times on the, post uh, on the podcast. When we're talking about sales or trying to achieve our goals through sales and business development principles, it's not about convincing people to try and do stuff. It's about trying to find out what that other person's motivations are, trying to figure out how it aligns with my own motivations, and then make the case so that all of us can, um, all of us can do um, business together. Of course, I'm all about doing business here in a very ethical manner. So let's make sure that we can do all of this background, uh, man no man, politicking, insider, uh, you know, back uh, backdoor relationships. Um, what else? Uh, lobbying, whatever you call it. Let's see how we can do all of this without getting our hands dirty. That seems to be the Nigerian dilemma, unquote. But don't worry, there is a solution. It will be nice if you can give us some specifics, uh, Veronica Hoodie Queen, um, on um, the problems that you faced in going around uh, procure, uh, procurement so that we can work out a solution and then um, brainstorm um, approaches. Um, but then, um, just as a general note, as for procurement, if by procurement you mean actual procurement people within organizations, 
there's one thing that we have to just um, live with. Procurement is never straight, whether it's Nigeria or America or the UK. If we're dealing with procurement, there's going to be bureaucratic bottlenecks. There's going to be several regulations, several uh, provisions, several internal codes that they have to deal with. There's going to be aggressive price tactics. They're playing off price from this supplier to another supplier. Supplier. There's also territorial um, behavior that is going on. You know, some procurement people already have this person that is their person. They like this person. They like that person. There's territorial behavior. So it is what it is. If we're dealing with procurement, <laughs> these are just the things that we have to deal with. And it's the same whether it's Nigeria or the USA or the UK. Okay, well, let me just say Nigeria and the UK because I can speak of Nigeria because I'm here. I'm Nigerian. I can speak about the UK because for a while I lived and worked in the UK. So procurement, that's how it is. It's never straight. And it's part of the hassle or part of the beauty or part of the reality of um, being a sales professional. We just have to learn to navigate uh, these webs to get our stuff um, done. Now, um, podcast listeners will know, are familiar with my philosophy of not responding to RFPs. RFP, some people call it request for proposal. Some people say request for price. Some people say request for presentation, whatever it is. I don't do them anymore. Those are the things that procurement puts out before they start interviewing vendors to supply um, something. So I don't respond to them anymore. However, in the beginning, when I first started as a wedding photographer, I did um, because I started off wedding photography and started doing corporate work. So um, in the beginning, I would interact and respond to RFPs because in the beginning, I needed the experience. I needed to learn how to multi-thread an organization. So yes, this RFP is coming from procurement, but is there a way that I can get somebody to respond to my email, maybe get a phone number, so that while I'm talking to Kunle in procurement, I also have the phone number for Alice in head office or something like that, so that as I'm trying to run this thing, I'm trying to get this business, I'm not just talking to procurement only because if you're talking to all those procurement people you know how it is they send you an email they expect that you send back the table with the price and they don't want to hear from you again so it helps if you're multi-threading yes respond to uh the rfp but then can you get a number for or an email address for somebody inside the head office um or whatever so i did it because i needed to learn how to multi-thread uh so the experience was um was good I won't say the returns were good, but the experience were good. It's a good training ground to figure out how to multi-thread. How can I sell into this organization and not just deal with that one person who sent me the RFP? How do I discover more people that I have to talk to and build relationships with to try and move this business deal along? So now I don't respond to RFPs. Well, let me qualify it. I only respond to RFPs if I know I can influence the process behind the scenes with phone calls to people that I know one-on-one. Now, you see where we're back to what I said about man-no-man, insider politicking, blah, blah, blah. Uh, to be clear, I do not give bribes. There are some people who have said, Tavishima, what's up? How you doing? I have this deal. Let's run it like this. On the invoice, you're going to put this, and this is how much you're going to give me. I don't get involved with that. In fact, my own policy for dealing with this is like, hey, dude, like, you know, whatever you want to do, whatever you want to do, that's your own hustle. Like for me, this is my invoice. This is the price. I'm leaving it like that. Anything else you want to do, that is up to you. My own is I've submitted the price for X amount. This is the service I'm delivering. I expect to get X amount back. Anything else you do, that's up to you. 
There are some people that will look at me and say, get out of here, you're a Jew man, and then they'll move off. And I have no problem with that. You can think I'm a Jew man, like I don't know what's up and I'm whack, no holla, no problem. I'm just not down for that kind of behavior. I want to be able to make my money clean without people saying, you know, he did this, maybe he did that. I want my money to be clean and I don't want any um, issues. I don't want issues with my money. So, uh, where was I? Yeah, so I don't get involved in um, those sorts of things. But yes, if there's an RFP and it looks like the deal is good and I know someone in the office or I can get the phone number for someone in the office, I will um, try and call up to try and see how I can influence the process. First of all, RFPs are usually written in a very blanket way and you'll find out that for the services I provide, let's go back to the um, corporate photography case. It's different. You can't just take an RFE template that was built for providing office supplies or IT consulting and then apply that to a photographer. So really, actually, I need to pick up the phone and call someone and say, hey, Madam Alice, how you doing? How's the fam? Um, I beg, about this RFP, your people just sent it to me uh, on Monday. I've looked through it and this thing doesn't make sense because this is uh, video services you people need. But then in this template, he's saying like this, like this, like this. And, you know, that doesn't jive. It doesn't blend. This is video. We have to look at it from this angle. We have to look at it from this angle. So, um, I beg, who is on the committee? Let's, you, you guys need to rework this RFP. This thing is not making sense. It's not going to work for this, um, for this, uh, it's not going to work for this bid. If I can make that phone call, then yeah, sure. I'll respond to the RFP because now I stand a shot. There's someone I know on the inside. I can influence the process. I can make sure that the RFP gets uh, tidied up uh, to make sense. So, yeah, that kind of RFP, I'll respond. But the people just send in requests for price. I'm not, I'm not just going to prepare a schedule with prices and then send them back. I'm not going to do that. Okay, um, over 10 minutes. So let me just rush through quickly. So, yes, she says Instagram. Yeah, she recognized that it works in its own ways and that it's for community building. She acknowledges that. Um, but she says she's gotten some good business from Instagram, and that's really nice. I'm happy to hear that. And that she's also gotten business from um, WhatsApp WhatsApp status. And that's good. So it's good that you've gotten customers from Instagram, Veronica Hoodie Queen. Uh, but the thing is this. Now that you know that Instagram is most effective as a community building tool, then you should also be looking for ways to enhance a community or build some sort of community there because actually will grow your sales. Because think about it. Let's say people, lots of people bought from you last year maybe 20 people bought from you last year 20 30 40 however imagine what your business will look like if you are able to get this community strategy thing going on um linkedin sorry not linkedin uh, where was i instagram yes on instagram and then maybe 20 percent of the people 10 percent of the people maybe 30 percent of the people who bought from you last year they buy again it's going to make your business look remarkably different because first of all the number of pop-ups you have to do, the number of hustle that you have to hustle, you know, all these different ideas that we're trying to drum up, the pressure on that will be less because we now have um, repeatable, um, sustainable income because 20% of people or 10% of people are coming back every year. Those are people that you don't have to hustle and come up with new um, um, sales strategies to get them um, on board. So think about that. Unfortunately, it's not my wheelhouse. I am not an Instagram uh, social media, uh, community specialist kind of person, but those are the ideas that you should be, um, uh, you should be, you should be looking at because this community thing works. Let me give you an example. There's a um, tech hub in Abuja that I've done some work with in the past. They have an email newsletter that is seven thousand strong. 
And because I've always wondered, every time they hold an event, they sell out, as in sharp, sharp, really quickly. You advertise the event on Monday, it's for Friday, by Wednesday, all the seats are booked. And I always wondered. So I was talking to my guy who was there, and I was, I was like, oh, what's the strength of your email list? And then he said 7,000. I was like, okay, makes sense. If you have a hub in Abuja with 100 spaces, and you have an email list, uh, that's another way of building community. You have a community in Abuja that is 7,000 strong. I mean, even if you're a really poor salesperson, you're trying to get 100 seats. You have 7,000 people. Surely, you can get 100 people out of 7,000 to come and attend this event. So, this community thing, it works. If you know somebody who is good in that sort of thing. So, Veronica, Hoodie Queen, um, start keeping an eye out for specialists like that or your friends who are good at these sorts of things and talk to them. So, she doesn't want to talk about GT Fashion Week. It looks like her heart has been broken before. She's upset. And she says, well, when it's her time, it will come. I would like to know what difficulties, Veronica, that you faced in trying to get into GT Fashion Week. By the way, it's kind of to be expected because they promote themselves sort of like as a premium event. So in principle, actually, they should be turning away lots of people. That's just how these exclusive um, events work. It's the same thing. Clubs on the island, clubs in Abuja, you know, that exclusive. You have to turn away people to create that inverse... I don't even know what to call it, that inverse relationship. You know, it's like that, you know, the thing in the movies, you know, like with the mean girls, you know, the more mean the girls are, the more other people want to become part of the clique. So it's part of the whole thing. So it's to be expected. Don't be heartbroken that um, GT um, turned you down. But let's know what difficulties you face so that we can troubleshoot, provide solutions. And um, the whole thing of waiting on your turn, it's not quite a good strategy. Yes, we recognize that God is in control of everything. Yes, God is in control of everything. We can't deny that. But if it's worth it, let's let's give it a crack. Let's see how you can um, get in. Okay, then she corrected me. Her pop-up ads are on the Instagram page. Okay, sorry about that. I guess I didn't scroll through um, a lot. Well, then again, remember, I only looked at your Instagram handle after um, the, uh, what's it called, this meet and event. And I think that was maybe two or three months ago. Then she says that uh, being listed on online platforms, that Conga and Jumia have funny terms and conditions, and she also does giveaways. I see, what else, what else, what else? Sorry, forgive me, I'm scrolling through this right now. Um, okay, yes, so I would like to know what the objectionable terms are for dealing with online sites like Conga and um, Jumia. Because I did a brief search, and it looks like your compatriots are doing okay on uh, Jumia. I just, sorry, not Jumia. I checked Conga. Yes, I only checked Conga. I didn't check Jumia. So on Conga, we already, ha we have some Ankara fashion suppliers that are on uh, Conga. So you can check, uh, check them out. I won't be surprised if you already know them because a lot of them seem to be Lagos people and um, you're Lagos based. So there's Lamod, Lamod, is it Lamode or Lamode? Okay, well, I'm not sure what it is. It, it could be Lamode by Dorcas or it could be Lamode. Okay, maybe Lamode. Let's just go with Lamode. <laughs> maybe it's not your name. So Lamode by Dorcas, Lagos based. So they sell Ankara dresses, they sell shirts and tops and accessories. Then there's also Adorable Ankara Lagos. Sorry, Adorable Ankara. They're also Lagos based. Uh, they have ready-made dresses and skirts and then tops. Then there's uh, Bumi's Closets. Um, Ankara inspired clothing. They have dresses and skirts and tops. Then they do jumpsuits. So I guess that's the 
most unique or closest to you um, so far. Then, uh, let's see. Okay, they also sell Ankara fabrics by the yard. Okay, no, that's not your line of business. You don't sell fabrics. Then there's Adire by Shegun. Sheung, sorry. Adire by Sheung, also Lagos-based. Then uh, Adira-inspired clothing. Yes, they sell Adira-inspired clothing. Uh, dresses, skirts, tops. Oh, and also jumpsuits. Okay, interesting. Two people that sell jumpsuits. And then they also sell Adira uh, by the yard. So these are people that you could reach out, maybe as collaborators. Well, you never know. Maybe they're too close to be um, so close that they might become considered uh, competitors. Maybe. I don't know. But the thing is, there are people out there who seem to make it work. So why not reach out to them? Uh, maybe you guys are in similar WhatsApp groups or uh trade associations or whatever and see how they get around the funny terms that you don't like on uh conga and jumia but it'll be nice to know what the terms are it looks like people are dealing with the terms uh so far because i just did one search and i've come up with about three or four people who seem to be doing business there then um she says that her personal pop-ups are still the mega hits and um truth of the matter is i really suspected that the pop-up is the main the main is the mega hit is the thing that's bringing in uh, business for you that's why from the get from the beginning my focus has always been okay these pop-ups you're organizing how can we optimize what's going on here how can we squeeze the life and squeeze the revenue out of what we've got going on here because organizing pop-ups or whatever it is you call uh, that people call them because billy was asking if they're called um uh i can't remember the term he used but the thing is they have different uh, different names these things are hard to organize. <clears throat> so for you to keep organizing these things and be doing it year over year, I already figured out that, man, this thing is profitable because a lot of time goes into it. And think about the expense. You're going to be in London next month. You're talking about Houston later in the year. You've done Benin. You've done Abuja. That's a lot of running around. So I know that that ish must be pos uh, profitable. If not, you wouldn't be doing it. That's why I've been talking about um, uh, optimizing. But it looks like um, you, you, it looks like you have the opinion that the way you organize it, uh, it it's pretty tight. So I guess we we'll just leave that alone. So uh, your upcoming activities are in Benin, uh, Abuja Arts Festival. Okay, I hadn't heard of that. Well, that's cool. Then Fidelity International Trade. I haven't heard of Fidelity. I'm wondering if that's Fidelity, like the bank, the Nigerian bank, Fidelity. Then Creative Connect Houston. That's, that's really good. That's really good. Sounds like um, good activities that you've got lined up. So congratulations on that. Let us know how it goes, especially the one in the um, UK next month. Well, precisely because that one is just next, uh, it's just next door. It's right next to us. So the questions I have for you, Veronica, Hoodie Queen, please explain what you mean by procurement is no longer um, straight. You know, yeah, I riffed off it, but I was just guessing on what you may have meant. So let me know what you mean by procurement is no longer straight. Then, what difficulties uh, difficulties did you face in getting on um, GT um, Fashion Week as Guarantee Trust Bank um, Fashion Week? What are the difficulties? Then, what are the troublesome terms on Conga and Jumia? Let's just have a look at these things. Let's see what we can uh, brainstorm and let's see what we can uh, use to help uh, grease the wheels of your business a little bit. So... Okay, yeah, so that's it for today. I'll be back in a couple of hours to see if there are any more responses or... You know what, scratch that. I'll be back in a couple of hours to see the activity that is going on here, but I will not be responding to anything. I'll respond uh, tomorrow because we already had two um, sessions today, each session over 20 minutes. So I think 40 minutes worth of um, audio, I think that's enough for one day. So I'll, be, I'll pop in and see what's up, but I'm not responding until tomorrow. 
So with that, guys, I will say um, good night because you won't hear from me again tonight. But I will be uh, popping in on the group to see what's going on. So I'll catch you guys tomorrow.